Hey guys, welcome to Sea Lunch Sports. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening. My name is Kennedy Curley. You can follow me at Kennedy Curley44 on Twitter. Curly is C U R L E Y. And I am Hayden Klinkhammer. You can follow me at That Boy Klink, capital T, capital B, capital K. And you can follow our Twitter, our Sea Lunch Sports Twitter page, at Lunch Sports on Twitter. Today, Right, we have more basketball. It's October 26th, mm-hmm. 2019. We're actually kind of, I'm not going to lie, me and Hayden are watching a little bit of the LSU game right now, but yes. we are fully attentive to what's going on in basketball. Yes. And today we're going to go ahead and talk about what we think, what players we think are going to break out, what players we think are going to be able to start a franchise, MVP, uh, different types of of, of um well, I don't know what you would call it, Hayden, but basically we're going to run through a list of players yep. who we think yep. are the best at certain things yep. uh, going into this season, only into this season. So yeah, That's what I would say um, it is, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's been a fun week. Uh, I don't know, Hayden, do you have any anything that you want to get, get off your mind for uh, the Lakers, Clippers, or anything well, like that? Yeah, I just uh, – all I can say is, you know, again, it was the first game of the year – um, I don't really put a whole lot of stock into that. LeBron probably played the worst you're ever going to see him play this year. Um, and Anthony Davis finally last night coming out of the second half went to small ball center, which was good to see. Um, yeah, he needs to do that. Yeah, he needs to stop being a little girl. I want to play power forward. Get in there, Joe. Let's go. Sorry, my bad. Um, Joe Burrow. If y'all, those of y'all that don't know, I am a big LSU fan. Um, probably as big an LSU fan as I am a Saints fan. Um, and they just scored uh, to extend their lead. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, cool, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I just had to ask that because I know we probably, as we get further away from that Lakers-Clippers game, we probably won't be able to talk about that. But mm-hmm. just briefly, no, I agree with you. I think that LeBron played a pretty bad game, at least shooting the ball. Yeah, and turnovers. Uh, he had turnovers as well. Danny Green had actually an amazing game. Yeah, Danny Green. Anthony Davis. It was a weird game. It was a weird game. It was Paul George wasn't playing. Yeah. Kuzma wasn't playing. Danny Green had a great da- game, but LeBron didn't. And so it was just interesting. But I think that going forward, people overreacted and said that the Lakers have a bad bench. I disagree with that. They need to they need to tweak some things. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe the Clippers have a better bench in the playoffs because they have better star power off the bench, mm-hmm. and you start to to weed out some of the players off the bench. As you know, guys like I don't think uh, guys like Rondo or maybe Rondo will play, but like I don't know, Contavious Caldwell Pope definitely uh, won't be playing. God. He, he Javale McGee will play very minimally. K- so a lot of those guys are going to start. KCP should be in jail for stealing $16 million. <laughs> Is that how much he's getting paid right now? Yes, on a one-year deal. On a one-year deal. And he was okay. supposed to be like, you know, Avery Bradley was supposed to be the guy that is struggling. Yeah. You know, but it's, I, been, yeah. it's been KCP, and he's been awful. Yeah, in fairness, it's only two games, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, but anyway, well, let's go start start ahead. Uh, let's go start on our MVP. Mm-hmm. We can just start on the MVP. Let's do that. So, 2019-2020 season. Mm-hmm. Who is your MVP? Nikolai Jokic. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, 
it's kind of shocking, but you know, even last year he was a dark horse a little bit. Um, a lot of people picked him as a dark horse coming into this year. Um, but again, I also have the Nuggets finishing first in the West. Um, and I think anytime you're going to put up numbers, and he'll put up numbers, that's just their offense runs through him. Um, he's a fantastic passer as a center, and a lot of people love to jump on that. Um, he's still not great defensively. Um, for example, last night against the Suns, they – he wasn't playing on the last shot. Actually, that was an incredible block by Torrey Craig. I don't know if you saw that, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it saved. Yeah, Denver almost lost to the Suns. <laughs> um, again, it's early NBA, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Jokic. Um, I think team record and statistics will matter. Um, not in any way saying do I think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Um, but I think he wins MVP this year. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think I would honestly, I would say at this very moment, I could see him being in my top three at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't have him as my number one. The reason why, I have them as the fourth best team in the West, mm-hmm. behind the Lakers, Rockets, Clippers. Yep. In the East, though, I think it's a a little less competitive. Mm-hmm. They're really, in my opinion, two teams that sit at the top. And one of those teams has one dominant player. The other has two. Mm -hmm. So you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Giannis is my MVP. I think he repeats. Mm -hmm. So similar to Jokic, both of them have gotten better each season. They both really developed their games over the last few years. I think they're both even 24 as well. Yes. So neither of them have like hit their prime necessarily, Mm -hmm. but they're getting there. Mm -hmm. Giannis though, I think you could make a legitimate case that he is a top three player in the league. The mm-hmm. team revolves around him. He's yeah. probably going to average around 28 points a game, maybe maybe even 30. We know, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, he's a, he actually gets a ton of assists. Last year I think he had six, six and a half. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And he rebounds, plays defense. I think the Bucks are going to be about as good as they were last year, maybe not as good with like the, the I don't know, did they get 60 wins last year? Yeah, they won 61, 62 games. Yeah, I don't know that they'll be that good, but mm-hmm. even if they're still repeating as the Eastern Conference champion mm-hmm. uh, in the regular season, I think that that's going to be because of Giannis, and I think that the team success will be attributed to him. I think that his personal se- success will still be there. The only guy that was really close last year was Harden, and he has Westbrook now. We also saw Harden go for two for 13, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to be normal. Um, so I'm going with Giannis as a repeat Probably Steph or Jokic right after, though. Okay. All right. Speaking of Jokic, I have a quick question. So you mentioned the Nuggets. I know you're really high on them. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I have some thoughts on that. I think I think it's still just being, you know, as cautious as possible. Um, again, I think what really matters is – coming down at the end of the season and him being healthy in the playoffs because I think without him they don't really have that wing and I don't I don't know if I would seriously consider them threats to either um, 
the Clippers or the Lakers at that point, and maybe mm-hmm. even um, the Rockets. Um, but yeah, I, I think for them it's more about just being patient. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure I haven't. I they're one of my um, teams I follow on Team Stream, and I haven't heard you know anything too crazy about it. So I'm guessing it's just more of a precaution at this point. Art, did he play in the right during the preseason? No. He didn't. Okay, so no. I honestly, and this may be a huge overreaction, mm-hmm. but I honestly do wonder if he's ever going to be the same. Because we've been kind of hearing about how they were going to play him. He was going to yeah. be back this year healthy. Yeah. And so I would think that he'd at least be getting like 10 minutes a game or something like that. Yeah. Like even just being in the rotation. Yeah. But I know that he had that back injury, mm-hmm. sat out the whole season, came back in the summer league. Mm-hmm. Then he did something to his hip, mm-hmm. sat out the season again. I don't know if it was for the hip, but it was for the back. And then he also messed up the hip as well. Um this league, there this summer he did something to his knee, and so part of me just wonders honestly if he's going to be that dude who we just wonder what if he was healthy. Yeah, I really do. But yeah. anyway, that that's just a, a short thought. Um, I agree. I agree. I think that's something honestly that you and I are probably going to have to keep an eye on mm-hmm. because he was. I told you that they might have improved as much as the Jazz just by getting him back. Yep. 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 I I agree. I agree. But anyway. Well, your rookie of the year. Sorry, yeah, let's do rookie of – no, 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 no. Sorry, starting a franchise. Mm-hmm. Who are you starting a franchise around? I'm going to go with Luca. Oh, wow, okay, okay. Um, I'm flattered. <laughs> I, get, I get Giannis is, you know, Giannis. Um, you know, Jokic is Jokic. I guess you still could include him in um, being in that younger type of tier, even though I feel like he's played more f- more oftenly, at least, than Giannis did even early on. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Luca. I think the, the difference that separates Luca from the other two is not only does he play a more... Um, perimeter-oriented position, which is the way the league is going anyway. Um, I think, honestly, I would not be shocked if in, you know, six or seven years we're talking about Luka as, you know, right up there as being close to a passer as LeBron. Um, I... Again, and also I think the Mavericks are not only run better, but also set up much better for the future than the Bucks or um, not the Nuggets, maybe. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Luca. Okay. Well, I w- I wanted to go with Luca. I really did. But I'm going with Giannis again. I know. I know. I really do love Giannis. I really do love Luca too. Mm-hmm. But Giannis, I think for me, I think Luca could be an okay defender. Mm-hmm. I think Luca could probably be the better offensive player as far as being a shooter, being a passer, mm-hmm. being a handler of the ball. Mm-hmm. But I think Giannis 
still could develop a jump shot. It doesn't have to be great, but it could be something. And I think that it's easier to find shooters to surround a, a, a less than average shooter than it is to find defenders who can make up for someone's lack of defense. Mm-hmm. And so I think Giannis being able to defend really all, any, maybe not every position, but being able to defend on the perimeter and in the paint, Giannis being able to score in the paint and also having the, the ability to handle the ball, even especially at his size, I think, and also his ability to, to create for his teammates is actually, I think pretty underrated. If you find him shooters, then I think that that's a team that I feel very confident in winning a championship, mm-hmm. but I have a harder time finding guys who who can compliment, uh, sorry, Luca's defense. If you, if you understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I would say it was very close. I would probably put Luca second, Yeah. but I just give Giannis that edge because I think it's easier to build around him than it is Luca essentially. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> My only thing with that is, you know, everyone's getting so um, jump shooting oriented now. So, I don't know. It it worries me a little bit um, if Giannis is not able to make that jump to, um, you know, the respectable level. And teams can kind of play him like they played LeBron in his first um, go about in Cleveland. Yeah, it's something I'm a little worried about, but it's it's also something that if there's one player who in, in the league who can overcome that, I think it's him. Mm-hmm. He is physically gifted more than just about any player in the league, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And if he can remotely develop a shot, then I think that we're not going to be asking the same question. I also think that if he if, – if, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, so we saw Dwight Howard make it to the finals, and he wasn't the most dominant player in the league. He was a dominant player in the league, but he just had a bunch of shooters. They found a great way to yeah. to make up for his deficit, yep. and I think that you could do the same thing with Giannis, but Giannis is even better. Mm-hmm. So that's where I kind of stand with him. Okay. Right now they have Middleton, they have Matthews, they had Brogdon. I think that that was a mistake letting him go, mm-hmm. but once again – they could find ways to get shooters, and I think that that would end up at least getting him to the finals. I think that they'll make it to the finals this year. Um, there, both of them are also young, mm-hmm. so it it really could go either way. But my, I just, I guess it's a matter of preference. I just like Giannis a little bit more as far as the tools that he has. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. My only thing is, you know, I think long term the Mavs will have more team success than the Bucks. Yeah, I guess I'm just I'm thinking of it from a standpoint of if I'm building the franchise. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. Again, yeah. um Giannis would be second on mine and then I think I would have Jokic at three. Um, yeah. I I would honestly go with Kawhi three, but He's 27, so... Yeah, that was that was my only... I think I was trying to stay uh, more on the younger side. So maybe even, um, you know, Ben Simmons or Embiid, if you want to put them ahead mm-hmm. of Jokic, just because obviously they're more athletic, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I think that's a fair um, statement. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, uh, let's move on to breakout player of the year. Mm. 
<laughs> well, mine's not really going to be like a... Um, I just think he, he ascends to... Um, very, very big heights. And I'm going to go deer and fox. Okay. Um, again... We all know I've talked about him plenty of times on this podcast before. Um, you know, last season I said after LeBron got hurt, that's the team I watched on NBA season pass. Um, and again, more and more weapons you put around him. I don't love Harrison Barnes, um, but I think with Buddy Heel being there, I think with Marvin Bagley. Um, kind of hopefully playing better than he did opening night. Um, I I think De'Aaron Fox is really going to approach averaging almost a double-double. Um, and I think it's going to be somewhere around like 23, 24 points and like 10 and a half assists. Um, again, not necessarily saying they're going to be the best team in the West, Um just because of everything that's happened, how much more competitive the West has gotten. But I, I'm going to go De'Aaron Fox. Okay. I thought about De'Aaron Fox, and I would say that he's definitely on my list. I actually – I would even go as far as to say when you said in five – was it five years that you said you think he's going to be the best point guard in the league? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to say at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I'm ready to say he'll break out this season. Mm-hmm. That's so That's the reason I am I, – I want to preface who I'm going to pick, okay, because you might think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between – and you probably would agree – between most improved and breakout. Yep, 1,000%. Breakout yep. to me is who's going to take that next step. Yep. And that, that could be the most improved player. It mm-hmm. could be. Um, I would say that last year the breakout player might have been – it might have been Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. But this season, I think that – Sorry, I'm laughing because I, I just – I think it's funny. But Luka Doncic is my breakout player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think people would think of him as a breakout player because they think, oh, he was great already last year. But I don't think he was great. I think he was great no. for a rookie. Yeah, exactly. I think this exactly. year, though, he could legitimately become great. Yep. Like he could legitimately make a name for himself as yep. a top three to five shooting guard or small forward, whatever position. Probably not small forward, but – but shooting guard in the league, mm-hmm. you could at the end of the season say that Luka Doncic might be a top 10 player in the league. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like we talked about this, but if he improves his efficiency, yep. we could be talking about him as a 26 points per game, yep. nine rebounds, you know, six to eight assists somewhere in there type of guy. Uh, I think he's definitely going to make the all-star game this year. Having Chris Stapps Przingis on his team opens things up for him. Well, and the team is time. clearly, clearly – built around the two of them, more so Luka yep. than Chris Stapps. Yep. So I like even in these first two two games, honestly, seeing his efficiency, mm-hmm. it, it looks like it's better. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing his ability to actually get to the rim has mm-hmm. been super, super impressive. Yep. And this is with guys who are playing tougher defense on him now than they were last season. Yep. So I, I know it's kind of maybe a little bit of a stretch because he was already so good, but mm-hmm. I think breaking out is not necessarily for guys who were lesser known becoming good it could also be for the guys who are really good but are going to break out to greatness and so that's Luka Doncic for me I agree I'm right there with you um Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely think breakout and most improved are different definitions 
yeah. again, they could be the same, but I think they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, I would not be shocked if it's Luca. Yeah. By the way, I don't know. Do you have a most improved? You don't have to, but we didn't talk about that. Um, I didn't put my most improved. Um, okay. I'd probably have to to think about it honestly. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. We uh, we can do that later. But um, cool. Well, let's move on to the next one. Uh, so this is not about a player. This is actually just a league policy. But mm-hmm. you, one of the things on the list that we read. By the way, everyone who's who's listening, we saw a list on Bleacher Report mm-hmm. and thought that it would be kind of a cool thing. It was a a, a poll from executives. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so executives were asked who would be the best start, guy to start a franchise around, mm-hmm. who's their breakout player, who's their MVP. The next one that we have is what rule would you change if you could change one rule? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go ahead and, and just kind of break down what you think would be the best rule change. Mine is the 1-16 to 16 playoff seedings. Okay. Um, mine was really – this one for me was really simple. Um, I've kind of wanted this for a while. Um even the last couple years when LeBron was still in the East and everyone's whole excuse was, oh, we got to the finals because he only played in the East. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it would make not only the playoffs are already exciting as it is, I think it would make the playoffs and teams battling in the regular season um, even more exciting. Um, yeah. Because, again, in the playoffs, it's only the best 16 teams. Um, you know, there's no easy uh, road. So, yeah, I, I think mine's pretty simple. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. It's That's not my choice, but I do agree that that's something that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that it's tragic whenever you have teams that are below 500 making it to the playoffs. Yep. And we see that in the Eastern Conference a lot. Yep. The first round really doesn't mean much in the Eastern Conference unless you're a three or four seed mm-hmm. playing against a five or six, obviously. Yeah. But those first and two, those first two, it's a it's always a blowout, yeah. always. Yeah. So I completely agree. I also think, as you said, it would settle a lot of the arguments about LeBron and, um, you know, any sort of player who mm-hmm. maybe you think coasts through the East. Mm-hmm. So I yeah no I I agree with you. Uh, I don't really see the point of conferences at this point, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I I think if you wanted to keep um, the format um, like for the All-Star and all that different type of stuff, well, I guess that's changed now too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't even – yeah, there's no need for the conferences, honestly. That's another one, honestly, though. That I'm, that's, once again, not my choice, but the All-Star, I, I would think that – I would like to expand that to 15 players on a roster mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Cause there are some guys who I think were snubbed for a good few years. Yep. And when you think about it, the amount of all-star games that you make can actually have a significant impact on whether you're a hall of famer or not. For sure. I like agree. you and I might, ha- might actually agree if Mike Conley had more all-star games, whether he'd be a hall of famer or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, no. So my rule change, I don't like the draft lottery at all i understand that it's good for ratings it makes the playoffs inter- or the 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 draft interesting mm-hmm. but i think that it i think that it makes it extremely hard to rebuild mm-hmm. and some teams need the draft a lot of teams actually need the draft to rebuild mm-hmm. so yeah the pelicans and the grizzlies they both got lucky mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There, there are smaller markets that got lucky because of the draft lottery. But what if it was the Lakers who won the draft? How are the how are the Grizzlies or the Pelicans going to improve? Because <laughs> it's not going to be through free agency. They're not attracting any of the superstars. They might attract some average players like JJ Redick, but they're you know Julius Randle even. But they're not going to attract any of the big time players. Uh-huh. They're not going to probably build all that much through trade. Uh-huh. Why? Because they're bad teams. They probably don't have that many assets. The, the Pelicans were a little different because they sat a guy mm-hmm. who, you know, was a superstar yeah. or all-star, you know, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And they were bad because they sat him, mm-hmm. but they weren't bad enough to be a, a number one seed yeah. if they, you know, if they played him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were, I think, projected to be nine or ten, I think, yeah. in the draft, and they fell all the way to – they got lucky. Yep. So there was that, but – but if it were the Lakers or the Mavs or the Knicks, we'd be talking about how hard it is to build as a small market team. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to get to that point where, you know, Phoenix or whoever it is. Yeah, Phoenix is a big, they can't, Phoenix yeah, is a big one. Yeah. Like they, I just don't know how you rebuild without tanking, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, as I said, Phoenix, I think, is a good example. You yep. could trade Devin Booker. But if you really want to add guys around him, I don't know. You can't trade. Nobody's going there as a free agent. You have to build through the draft. And so I think that the draft lottery, in my opinion, I just think it needs to go all all together. But I understand you want to de-incentivize tanking. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just... But it works beautifully for the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the big thing is it it would make the league all around more competitive. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't just see the, the, the big market teams again. You know, the Lakers were bad last year. They dealt with a bunch of injuries, um, you know. But, I mean, the Knicks are just a godforsaken organization. But, um, honestly, I think Brooklyn will kind of turn into the next Knicks. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just think it would make the league, again, more fun, like you said. Yeah, I, I just think that it's – some people would say, oh, the it doesn't hurt small market teams because the Pelicans and the, the Grizzlies got the first and second pick. Luck. Yeah, I mean that's luck, but it's not going to be – that's not a reliable way to exactly. build exactly. at all. Yep. Um, you know, like I feel bad for teams like Charlotte. I don't remember – like Charlotte's been screwed. They actually – you remember when Anthony Davis was the number one overall pick? Guess who should have been the number one overall team? Charlotte. But they couldn't rebuild. <laughs> they couldn't. Um, the Pelicans got lucky. So I guess I guess it can help small market teams, but it's just there's no strategic way to rebuild is what I'm basically saying. Yep. It can help them, but it's based purely off of luck. It's not based on any sort of decision-making from executives of small market teams. So – that's my that's my pick for the the rule change. Right. That also I want to I want to mention that I think this isn't this is a extreme one, mm-hmm. but I would say charging is my least favorite rule in basketball because mm-hmm. I think really what it comes down to is someone acts like they got hit, mm-hmm. they step in front of somebody, they stop a layup, and I think that that's soft. Mm-hmm. I just think it makes basketball soft. But I know most people would disagree, but I think personally I think it it incentivizes flopping because it's basically a way, a defensive way to flop. Mm-hmm. 
but that's my honorable mention. We can move on to the next one. Okay. Okay. Uh, game on the line. Who are you picking to shoot? Kyrie. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 I think that one is um, – yeah. I would have said that I think even coming into the year, mm-hmm. um, you know, no matter how he handled the whole leaving Cleveland situation, he's always been fantastic at, you know, knocking down big shots again, um, you know, without – Kyrie's shot, LeBron's block doesn't get remembered, um, or at least like it like it does. Um, but yeah, I, I I just Kyrie reminds me of the modern type of Kobe, at least um, mentally tough. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, Kyrie. I think honestly, over the last, this has been a consistent theme since the mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. People talk about the block mm-hmm. in that three-one series, Game Seven. Mm-hmm. But I, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't talk about the block, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the shot that Kyrie made gets nearly enough credit because that was one of the yep. most clutch shots that I've ever seen. That, and I would say the only thing more clutch was probably when Ray Allen hit the buzzer beater mm-hmm. to tie the game, putting it into overtime, and then ultimately the Heat won the series. Mm-hmm. Kyrie's shot, though, I think was one of the most clutch game-winning shots that I've ever seen. Yep, yep. Wonderful thing. And so I think that it's telling, actually. This is not to knock on LeBron, Mm -hmm. but I think it's telling that Kyrie was actually the one who was taking that shot Mm -hmm. because he's very – he's always been clutch. He's always been that dude who creates a shot for himself. And maybe even to a fault. That's why people didn't like him in Boston last year was because he relied too much on himself and not his teammates – but that's a good thing in the clutch. Mm-hmm. And so I would give it to him. I think his handles, it's hard to stay in front of him. Mm-hmm. His shot is amazing. Mm-hmm. He does it time and time again. The one player that I think is close is probably Kawhi Leonard. I, I thought it was not close. And then I thought, oh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is actually someone who I would absolutely give him the ball with the game on the line because he can – it depends on where the shot is. That's why I pick Ky, uh, Kyrie over Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a mid-range shot – there's some I don't know that there are very many guys, if any at all, who's better at that sideline, baseline yep. Yep. type of fadeaway yeah. thing in, yeah. in the mid range. Yeah. Or just any sort of mid range pull up for that matter. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with Kawhi, but by a little bit. But Kyrie, I think anywhere on the court is I'm gonna pick him. Yeah, I I I think for me again, and and Kyrie getting to the rim and being able to finish um, in creative kind of crazy ways, I think also helps. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think mine's Kyrie. Yeah, and he he also has. Sorry to keep going about him, but he he has that ability to to like to fade away, which I'm not saying Kawhi doesn't or other, mm-hmm. but he he like like the shot that I was talking about with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That was a fade away from a yep. three. Yep. And he can do that on the move. He can do that off of the dribble. He can do, you know, he can make these types of clutch shots really any sort of way other than obviously like, no, I mean, he can actually, he can hit turnarounds. You know, it really, there there are a lot of weapons, a lot of positions that he has in his arsenal that can allow him to make these sorts of clutch shots. Yeah, Christmas Day, for example, a couple years ago, Kevin Durant's first Christmas Day game with the Warriors, uh, 
Kyrie was went into the post on Clay and hit a, a post turnaround mm-hmm. fadeaway type of shot, and that's a point guard. Oh my you gosh, know? dude! You hit on something that most people don't realize. That post area, not on the block, but like a few feet out of it, that's his spot. Yeah, where he yeah. floats it up off the backboard. Yep. Yep. I don't know anybody in the league who's better at floating it off the backboard from that spot outside yep. of the block yep. than Kyrie. Yeah. He picks his spots. Mm-hmm. So I I know I know a lot of people like to hate on Kyrie because Boston was a mess last season. I get that. Mm-hmm. But there really is a lot to like about Kyrie. I think if you wanted to say he's the second best point guard in the league, I still would think that's a valid reason. That's that's a valid thing to say. Mm-hmm. He's the best handler in the league. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible shooter. Mm-hmm. You and I have talked about how he actually can play really good defense, especially in the playoffs. Yep. When, when, when focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I don't expect it night in and night out because exactly. regular season yeah. players take it off. But when it comes to the playoffs, I've seen him do really, really good. So anyway, we're Kyrie fans. People probably get it. People get it. But <laughs> he's the game on the line type of guy. Kawhi's mm-hmm. next for me. Mm-hmm. That's that. Um, the last one that we have defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first on this, actually. So I thought about this long and hard. It's easy to say Rudy Gobert. Uh And so part of me, I wanted to stay away from that because part of me thinks maybe this is the year that someone dethrones him. Mm -hmm. Probably, actually, that's what the case is because people honestly got tired of watching Dwight Howard win Defensive Player of the Year, and so he just stopped getting it. Exactly. You know, LeBron probably should have more MVPs. Uh-huh. But people got tired of giving it to him, so he just stopped getting. It. So my defensive player of the year, aside from just that, but also my my liking of him is actually Patrick Beverly, and I think it's interesting because now you have Kawhi, now you have Paul George, so he's not necessarily needed as much on offense. Mm-hmm. His role essentially is to go out there and guard the, the other team's best guard. Mm-hmm. So. I think that with the defensive help that he's going to get, his defensive numbers I think are going to be really, really good, mm-hmm. at least percentage-wise, yep. you know, his efficiency numbers and things like that. Because he was already one of the best point guard defenders, maybe the best in the league. Mm-hmm. That's why he's still in the league. Yeah. Now that he has help defensively, people always talk about help offensively and how it opens things up for you. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing applies on the defensive end. And Patrick Beverly, to me, now that he has that help, it frees him to be an even better defensive player. I agree. Um, I am actually going to go with one of his teammates, but maybe not the mm. one that you thought. I'm going to go with Paul George. Okay. Uh, I, no, that's a good pick. Again, I think, uh, again, he led the league in steals last year. Um, in my opinion, he until he hurt his shoulder, I think I had him as um, – at least in my opinion, the MVP pick. Um, and then he kind of tailed off once he hurt his shoulder. But I think more than anything, um, again, he's going to be kind of able to play the LeBron role um, when LeBron was in Miami and he could kind of roll, um, like float around. Because again, like you said, Pat Beverly's there. Kawhi's there. Um, you know, they have guys who literally on any other team would be the best defender. Um, and so for me, it's just more about, um, you know, taking 
taking that and allowing him to kind of play a, a roaming type of role. And I honestly think he's really going to benefit from that. Um, mm-hmm. If you wanted to make the argument for Kawhi, I would, again, nothing to, to complain about that. Um, but, yeah. By the yeah. way, uh, real quick, Grant Delpit is down on the field. Um, so oh, is he really? That's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you know, I – oh, that looks horrible. That looked like a bad hit. Yeah, I was uh, – I was I actually switched the channel because mm-hmm. I realized Texas and TCU are playing. And uh, I just want to give a good shout-out to – to those Longhorns out there, um, many of my friends, I love, I love, I have a lot of Longhorn friends who I absolutely love. But uh, your team's a loser. <laughs> you lost to TCU. That's hilarious. Um, but my Aggies ever, are back that's too. That's the final. Yeah, they lost by ten. They lost by ten. Thirty-seven, twenty-seven. <laughs> that's bad for me. Yeah. But you know. Why's Why's that? Because it makes our win over um, not look as, um, you know. It's less valuable. That yeah. end. Actually, OU lost to Kansas State, and wow, so wow, that was their chance to get back in the. Wow. Yeah, well, I would say Oklahoma actually has a, you know, an outsider's chance of still making it because oh, they could still. I, I agree. because yeah, they could still win the champ, their Big Twelve championship, yeah. and win out. Yeah. And be just fine, but Texas is is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're done, especially even last week. Honestly, I would have probably said they were done because they barely beat Kansas. Yeah, that's 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 pretty shameful. Um, so yeah, let's let's. I just want to walk through this real quick. Texas lost to LSU, barely beats Kansas. Mm-hmm. They lost to OU, to a, an OU team, by the way, that lost to Kansas State. Mm-hmm. So it's not really looking very good for. Texas. And honestly, like I was even of the mindset. You remember this at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were one of the more underrated teams in the, in. Mm-hmm. In college football, from a ranking standpoint, I didn't think they were a great a great team, but I thought that they had a legitimate chance to make it to the college football playoffs mm. because they were toward the top of their conference. But they always kind of do this. Yeah. In the next few years, Texas it could be is back bowl. Yeah, they're better. They're yeah, better, they're, but they're, they're better. But again, I th- I think it's ridiculous to kind of expect teams to just make a huge jump like this. Mm-hmm. From one year to the next. Unless, I absolutely agree. Unless you're freaking LSU and all of a sudden you lead the nation in scoring after yeah. not being able to score points at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. But I would even say LSU, as, as a team, from a team standpoint, oh, yeah. they were already a good team last year. Yeah. So to be this good now, it's not really that big of a stretch. Yeah. Texas was a decent team last year, mm-hmm. but to expect them to be a significantly better team, mm-hmm. a top four team legitimately, I had them in the top four, potentially as a top four team, Yeah. but only because of their strength of schedule. I didn't legitimately think that they were one of the four best teams in the country. LSU, coming into the season, I would have been less surprised if you told me that they would be a top four team yeah. than Texas, but I think just based I, on eye test. I think with that, the thing that's shocking is just the the dramatic jump in the offense. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's not even like we added really like, you know, Joe Burrow was here last year. All these receivers were here last year. Um, You know, we lost our running back to the draft, Darius Geis, um, you know. So it's just interesting that, but again, 
again, when you're a quarterback coach for the Saints and you come, you know, anything could happen, I guess. Yeah, I will say about Joe Burrow, first off, I want to admit, I had my reservations throughout the beginning of the season because I didn't think that he had a, a, a great defense that he really played. And I still don't think he had a great defense up until Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida's not a great defense, but they're good enough to where if you pretty much complete all of your passes except for a few, which is exactly what he did, yeah. I have to put that as an impressive uh, uh, accomplishment for the yeah. season. So uh, that I was when I was like, okay, the, I was the thing I was wrong. The sorry. Thing that impressed me, sorry. The thing that impressed me the most about Florida was they literally have two first-round talented corners. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest impressive yeah. thing with that. Yeah. This was actually the bigger game for me because yep. I think Auburn's defense is legit, and yep. I still do even watching this. Yeah, their defensive line is, is incredible. It's incredible. It's and incredible. overall, I think that that's a huge thing for their defense as as a whole. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow is still playing a really – they're not like a, a elite game or anything, yeah. but he's definitely the reason that they're winning. And Clyde edwards aware has played, again, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I completely agree, but – I um, and the defense finally showed up, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I will say I'm not a. I actually can't stand watching Auburn offensively. Well, yeah, yeah. One of my least favorite teams. I think Bo Nix is trash right now. He could be good in next year beyond, but right now I don't think he's that good. But LSU's defense really hasn't. They haven't allowed a legitimate touchdown. The one touchdown that they've allowed in this game is punt. yeah, it was a fumbled punt. It was a muff punt. Yep. So. Outside of that, the defense has played really well. Mm-hmm. Better than A&M did against them, so there's that. But look, look, I, I just think, look at that SEC West standings. I, I, do you have the game on right now? I have the game, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, just looking at that, those set of standings is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. literally, if A&M were in the Big 12, they'd probably be undefeated right now. I'm so serious. Probably. I'm so probably. serious. Like, it is insane that, like... A&M sits in fourth in the SEC West, and they probably are more talented than maybe at the most Oklahoma in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. Like it, it's People keep saying the SEC West has kind of died off, and I, I think that's a joke. Or the SEC in general has died off. Um, you know, I, I think that's a joke. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about – as of now, they have the one, two, and number nine team. Mm-hmm. And then A&M, I don't know that – they shouldn't be ranked, obviously, but mm-hmm. I would say that – Talent-wise, they're a top 25 team to me. Yeah, I would say that yeah. if we were to just go based off of who's legitimately the best and not like – you know, and all that other – Take out, you know, schedule – yeah, like A&M was, I would say, toward the bottom of the top 25, but mm-hmm. one of the top 25 teams still. Mm-hmm. They just destroyed Mississippi State, who's not very good, but Still. you destroyed them. Ole Miss is okay. You beat mm-hmm. them. Like the rest of the SEC, A and M is actually doing okay against. They're just losing to Auburn, a top ten team, mm-hmm. Clemson, a top ten team, top mm-hmm. five team, mm-hmm. Bama, the number one team right now. So mm-hmm. it's not A and M's not great by any means, but the competition level that they're facing is absolutely absurd. Yeah. And so yeah, they absolutely could be a top 25 team just with a horrible schedule. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, 
Anyway, there's a little bit of football for you at the end. Mm-hmm. I We will get back to talking about football here soon. We have some NFL tomorrow. For sure. And we'll probably coming up. NFL, it's actually – it's crazy how much time has flown, flown by because uh, mm-hmm. it'll be – it's the midway point of the season. Mm-hmm. Isn't it week nine? Yes. Yeah, so we'll have some things to talk about in, oh, in regards the to the way, NFL. Uh, real quick, since I'm a Saints guy, uh, Drew Brees is playing tomorrow, so. Mm. How do you feel about that? You know, I, I wouldn't have minded him sitting another week, but I also know if Drew is able to play, I know how competitive um, he is. And I knew if he was able to play, he was going to play. Um, yeah. But again, I, I would rather... I would rather wait until after the bye, but you know, hey, what do I know? I guess. Yeah. No, I'm. I actually would say. I think that it might actually have been. I think it might actually be a good thing. Mhm. So. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like because you have the bye week right after, so this is kind of a warm up game for him to get yeah. back into the swing of things. That way, when the bye week comes. Afterwards, it's not like a, a huge, like mm-hmm. huge adjustment for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that he really needs to like readjust that much because he's been playing for like how many years? A lot. Yeah. But you know, just for this season and and where we're at right now, it probably I think this would be a good game for him to go into the bye week. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've honestly been extremely impressed with the Saints and how they've played without him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's that's some crazy stuff, but. Wow. You know, I also want to point out, sorry that this keeps getting extended, but um, this has been a great weekend for me. Great day for me, actually. Oh. But let's talk about the week. The Mavs are 2-0. I know it's just two games, but it's it's exciting to see your team win, especially when they haven't been good over the last few years. That mm-hmm. We haven't started 2-0 since 2004. Mm-hmm. So not that that means a ton, but it's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M won, as expected, but they still won. Oklahoma lost, Texas lost, and North Carolina just beat Duke. They just beat Duke, and I I just can't tell you how what a good day, Hayden. Yeah. What a good day. That sounds like a pretty damn good day. It's a good day. And the Cowboys can't screw it up tomorrow too because they're on by. They're on by. So. Oh, they don't even play tomorrow. No, they don't even play. They can't screw it up, man. Wonderful. Wonderful. I know. This is what a what a day, man. What a week. Mm. Well. If you have lasted this long listening to our uh, our gibberish, we appreciate it. Uh, we really appreciate your support, and we will be back in the next few days to talk about football, maybe a little bit of basketball. Yep. But if you like what you heard, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at Kennedy Curly forty four. That's C U R L E Y for Ken, uh, for Curly. You can follow me at that boy Clink capital T capital B capital K. And you can follow our podcast sports sorry our podcast twitter page at lunch sports so go ahead and give us a follow we are very fun to to i think we're really fun to mm. to, to see engage on twitter i responded to one of your tweets about an hour ago you did and did. if you like what you heard here you're definitely going to like following us on twitter so give mm. us a follow and stay tuned because we will have another podcast out here in the next few days so thank you for listening and we will see y'all later bye